a look behind closed doors, an ear for disregarded topics, a voice for the quiet ones. Up next on Ara City Radio, Francisca explores local matters. On local matters this week, we talk about the Luxembourg royals, the Grand Ducal family. And we start this series today with an exceptional visit to the Grand Ducal Palace in the city center. The Grand Ducal family is on holiday, and in general that wouldn't be worth a news headline as they don't have any urgent task to fulfill. However, the fact that the Grand Ducal family spends six weeks outside of Luxembourg every summer allows us to enter their palace. Every summer when Grand Duke Henri and Grand Duchess Maria Theresa are traveling, traditionally to southern France, the Grand Ducal Palace in the city center opens its doors for visitors. The Luxembourg Tourist Office offers guided tours in the palace. No worries, you wouldn't walk into the Grand Ducal Bedchamber as the family doesn't live in the palace. Although their official residence is registered in the palace, they live in the castle in Colmar-Birch. The palace in the city is Grand Duke Henri's working place. Here he has an office and he welcomes other heads of state, monarchs and lower-ranked diplomats for state visits and official dinners, following a strict protocol. We stand in front of the staircase in the first reception hall and German Birgen is our guide today. So this staircase is quite uh, known here because each time when there's an official reception in the palace then of course the guests would like to have a photo with the Grand Duke. The Grand Duke would then stand here where I'm standing and the guests are all around. So when we have a visitor coming to Luxembourg, it all depends on the level of the visitor. If it's a state visit, the Grand Duke would usually go to the point of entry of the visitor in the country. Nowadays they come usually by plane, so we would go to the airport and welcome the guest coming to Luxembourg. If there's somebody else at the lower level, let's say the General Secretary of the United Nations, still a very important person, that person would be driven here into the palace, would wait here, the Grand Duke would come down, welcome here, and then both of them would go walk up. For all the other guests, they will walk up and wait in, in one of the rooms that we are going to see until the Grand Duke will appear and, and, and welcome them. So that's a little bit about protocol. In the several reception halls, we are in company of Henri's ancestors. The paintings show Adelaide Marie, Charlotte, Jean and Adolphe, the founder of the Nassau family. Branches of the Nassau family are currently reigning in Luxembourg as well as in the Netherlands. Both royal courts share a strong connection. Here's why both national flags resemble so much. When the European states at the Congress of Vienna in 1815 reshaped Europe, after the defeat of Napoleon, Luxembourg was handed over to the King of the Netherlands as a personal gift. Luxembourg was not declared as an independent state in this, but it was not attached to any other country either. So that's why the powers decided the easiest way to deal with this is to hand it over as a gift to the, grand, to the king of the Netherlands, or in other terms, to appoint him as the Grand Duke of Luxembourg. So he was, from that moment on, he was the head of state of two countries. So let's move on. 
now we go on the first floor. Uh, as I said, once we are upstairs, it's brighter, it's bigger. But what you see behind me is an illusion. It's actually a mirror. It's a mirror that has been placed exactly. It's the largest ever produced mirror in a single piece here in Luxembourg. And it has been inserted into the arch to give the impression of uh, brighter, bigger space, but it's only a reflection of what is on top of us here. We walk through a second and a third reception hall, each one reserved for guests of a certain status, according to protocol. Portraits on the walls and loads of golden paint and fake marble decorate the halls. The walls and benches look like marble, but are only painted in marble. When Adolf converted the building into the official residence, he paid most of this with his own money. It was not paid by Luxembourg as a state, but it was paid with his own money. And I guess, it's only a guess, that uh, not money ran out, but where there was a possibility of using these trompes, he used them. When in 1990 the building was completely renovated, it was decided specifically to renovate it as it was and not to change these type of things. So they left the trompes as they were. Well, nowadays the Grand Ducal family isn't lacking money anymore. The Grand Ducal Palace as well as the castle in Kolmabirch are property of the state, but the family owns a few castles around Luxembourg and France. How rich the Grand Ducal family is remains a secret. In 2019, the magazine Business Insider estimated Luxembourg's royals to be the richest in Europe, having a fortune of 3.5 billion euros, a figure that has been deemed pure fantasy by the royal family's spokesperson, without naming the real number, though. In this year's state's budget, 19,250,000 euros are spent on the monarchy, the court's personnel, the maintenance of the castle, travel costs and cars. Each Luxembourg resident pays 29 euros on average this year, more than 10 times more than the UK residents for their royals. Now we'll go into the private office of the Grand Duke, so that's where he meets the Prime Minister, but also that's where he sign all the documents. We, uh, we have not a lot of space in there, so I will let you go through it. All of the document uh, of the decoration in there uh, represents members of the family, uh, of, from starting with Adolf, the founder of the current dynasty, up to photos of the, ki of the kids of the current Grand Duke. So you can see that on the, on the office desk. This year there are two major changes in the Grand Ducal Palace. The first one concerns the guest wing, which has never been open for visitors before. Even for our guide German Birgen, it's the first visit in this part of the palace. It's my first tour today for this season and I had a chance to have a look at it about two or three weeks ago, but I had never seen it before. It's interesting, it's interesting. I would probably have expected it a little bit more modern, uh, but it's interesting to see it. So. The second major change concerns cutlery. The Grand Ducal Court celebrates the 275th anniversary of the porcelain manufacturer Villeroy and Boch. So if ever you were to be invited to come around for dinner, that's the place to be. Uh, it's the dining room of the palace here. And by the way, they have set the table to show uh, what the table looks like when there is an official dinner here in the palace. 
so it looks quite simple in a way, but the cutlery is of course sterling silver, massive sterling silver, which was a gift by the Russian Tsar to Adolf when he got married, so it was the wedding gift. And the plates, that's by the way the first time I see them as well, and this is a little bit special this year because it's 275 years that Villeroy and Boch was uh, created. And uh, this is, of course, Villeroy and Boch, and it's the official state plates uh, when there's a state dinner produced by Villeroy and Boch here in Luxembourg. Well, simple isn't the word that I would use to describe the large ornate silver cutlery, but maybe that's just because I'm not used to wandering in royal palaces. That was Local Matters with Francisca Peschel every Tuesday to Thursday at 9.40 on RCT Radio 102.9, 105.2, 87.8 and in our podcast on rscityradio.com.